Hello and welcome to this week's virtual episode of the Political Podcast, where uh, I unfortunately have COVID. I'm Mark Twinelli, and as usual, I'm joined by my wonderful uh, virtual co-host. Oliver Sykes, hello Archie. Hello. It's, not the connection. it's not the connection issues, it's just my delayed response. Wow, this yes. is a bit different to our usual setting, isn't it? Indeed, yes. Uh, I managed to contract uh, COVID about two days after we recorded last week, so Oliver, I think, uh, narrowly escaped uh, catching COVID from me, which is uh, probably a wonderful thing. <clears throat> yes, at the moment, all my uh, lateral flow devices have been negative, so... Uh, I'm thankful for that. Hopefully, it does. You know, COVID is one of those things that it sometimes can take quite a while for it to actually um, sort of uh, manifest. Manifest is is the right word. Yeah, but I suppose this week uh, we thought we'd uh, sort of do a topic that we haven't haven't discussed before, but it's been so relevant since Archie's started this podcast haven't discussed before mm. well, Definitely we, haven't discussed it. Every week. we haven't discussed it as a topic that's well no it has been a topic but it's not been the theme for the whole duration of the week it, it's popped up in our current affairs an awful lot but uh yes i'm, I'm mistaken yeah. more than once just maybe well we, we asked questions this week, has covid gone too far and i say yes covid has gone too far and we should just all say as i was told say no to covid and it can't infect you i was very very silly in that regard i forgot to say covid you don't have my consent for infection oh. In this PC era, it's all so easy to forget that we can just simply say no and it just doesn't exist. Well, very, very good. Uh, I suppose I sort of have a, a sort of different opinion on that. I suppose many would argue in we look at sort of COVID as a as a, a timeline. Um, perhaps it, it, when COVID first came about, a lot of people were saying. Uh, the Alman the government and probably the UK government as well were too slow to act upon it. At the time, I suppose, I didn't really feel that at all. I felt, oh, you know, it's something that we'd never been through before. So now, have things have things changed? Are they doing enough? Are they not doing enough? Has COVID gone too far? Mm. Well, I don't know. It, I, it's still an important issue and we, you know, the, the main reason why we are still sort of focused upon COVID is because if it if it does sort of pick up again, it could really affect our, our health service. And uh, we don't want that to happen. Uh, maybe Archie does, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, I, I still believe that sort of some COVID measures should be in place and we should still be keeping our eye on COVID. We shouldn't just be abandoning it. I mean, the, the, the really interesting thing has been the vaccinations, really, and seeing how, you know, it's been, been bizarre, you know. It's not even been a year since we've had the, uh, the, since the vaccinations have been started to get rolled out. And, you know, mm. are they working? That's another debate in itself, but... Uh, well, it's, it's, not, they certainly they, they certainly haven't stopped me losing both my sense of taste and smell, so I don't think they've necessarily worked in that regard. But you've not been, but Archibald, at this moment in time, you've not had to be hospital to hospital. Not yet. No, no, no. I think they, they haven't worked for me as a young person. I don't think I've definitely got the benefit of getting COVID because there's many unvaccinated people I know of my age, even in the summer, who hadn't had a vaccine yet and had absolutely no effect. So I think it really just depends 
person to person. But I'm going to come out with the Zynga that the government acted far, far too early because it's taken me 18 months to get COVID. I haven't been necessarily taking, I've been taking precautions not to get COVID in that regard. I've, I've washed my hands, etc. but I do that anyway. I've not taken extra special precautions to not get COVID. And here I am. And now I've COVID 18 months later. So I think they obviously, obviously dealt far, far too late. And that was satisfied. But no, they didn't, they didn't deal too early and didn't deal too late. I think they dealt at the right time. But unfortunately yeah. now we're seeing even larger impositions on our lives and the majority of us have been vaccinated. They look at the UK and they're starting to, they're looking to again mandate, they have mandated uh, pay-based coverings to be worn in shops and on public transport. And I think they are looking dangerously on the way to a new lockdown uh, with Boris and the leadership because I think we will fear that pepper pig world will be put far too much at risk <laughs> to, to allow COVID to ravage our country. We simply must uh, protect the Picasso hair dryers. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure you get that reference there. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive oh, me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Forgive me. Oh, uh, sorry, it's, it's, uh, I've got it now. I've got it. Uh, uh, great, great. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, very interesting um, this evening. Sort of listening to or you know hearing about what Boris has sort of uh, been putting forward for reacting to this uh, new variant. What's the uh, name of the variant? It's quite a fun one this time, actually. Uh, I say fun. Yeah. It's as fun as a COVID variant gets. Uh, it's, na- it's named, uh, what was it? Uh, Omicron. Omicron. Yes. It sounds like an evil enterprise. So COVID's now developed from becoming the Alpha and the Beta variant and the Delta variant, which all sound relatively friendly to this evil monstrosity uh, of Omicron. And obviously we've heard the, the, the threats from sort of uh, how sort of d- dangerous this variant is going to be compared to the other ones with the likes of um, Sajid Javid uh, and the World Health Organization that uh, they said, you know, it's it is going to be a bit sort of a big deal kind of thing. But uh, obviously Boris press conference earlier this evening and uh, he's now said anyone wanting to come to the UK has to have a uh, PCR test. Well, uh, most interesting part was uh, from Deputy Leader of the Opposition uh, and Deputy Leader of the uh, Labour Party, uh, Angela Rayner. And uh, she she had a quick comment on, on Boris this evening, which was, give me strength. The Prime Minister calls a press conference and indicates that people have to wear wear masks in uh, indoor crowded spaces. He gets asked a direct question and then mumbles some incoherent nonsense and says, the health secretary will tell us in a few days. Dreadful. Uh, so, interesting point by Angela Rayner there. I mean, we obviously Boris the other day in his uh, keynote speech to uh, business leaders of the UK and him uh, misplacing his um, sort of piece of paper and rambling on about uh, bizarre things, for example, Pepper Pig World. I mean, it's not, it's not the the, the the greatest thing at the moment we're seeing from from our Prime Minister or the Prime Minister of the UK, and obviously having to get Downing Street to say yes, he is fit and well to be working. It, it is quite a concern uh, that these questions are having to be raised, but. Uh, I mean, we can go into we could go into Boris and have Boris's dealt with COVID, uh, you know, much more. But 
I think Angela Rayner would have done Angela Rayner would have done a lot worse job. She would have ended up calling half the country scum because they voted conservative and said, You're not getting any help from the NHS, you're scum here. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> we will already help the Labour voters. Uh, but yes, uh, I, 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 I think we it was really unknown at the time. But I think, did you, we'll come on, why not, why not come on to Boris's speech about Pepper Pig World now? It was rather a hilarious one. He said, uh, he was kind of saying, like, Pepper Pig World is my kind of place. Uh, it has uh, safe streets, uh, a new multi-disciplinary schools, and a new uh, multi-level transit, mass transit system, or something like that. Uh, he, it, was quite, it was quite clever how he then leaked it. I just don't think... He has, he, has a, he has a marvellous way with words. He was talking about something about whiff-whack uh, at an end of the dinner once. And the friend the French looked at the dining tables of Europe and saw a place to eat. And the English looked at the dining tables and saw a place to play whiff-whack. So he, he, yeah, he has a brilliant oratory ability. But I think on this, this aspect, he was talking about Peppa Pig World, uh, to a group of business leaders, uh, the, the best business leaders in the UK, I don't think it was necessarily related to the audience. It did make them laugh slightly, but I don't think it puts our country on the best drugs and serious prime minister. As a comedian, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> prime yeah. minister, not necessarily what we're looking for. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm very surprised he hasn't found a way to make COVID fun yet. So maybe that's what we'll see in the next press conference he does. He'll be talking about uh, COVID world and how COVID world is my kind of place. Uh, yes. So well, I, I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, we will. Uh, an interesting point I wanted to, to raise, sort of, as we were talking about earlier about sort of the early stages of COVID, because uh, I suppose that's where we're sort of going to follow to, to where we're up to now kind of thing how it is Archie's an opinion it's you know all a bit too much kind of thing but I remember the and it has been reflected upon since the start of the pandemic in, in our man's up terms uh, with the Manx Labour Party they were always calling for the borders to be shut a lot earlier uh, the same with the medical director uh, and she's got a really interesting uh, what, what are they called Archie with the PAC group uh, no Manx um, Taxpayers Alliance no, um, the government's uh, sort of uh, group that they investigate things. What's that committee called that Jim Watson chairs? Oh, the uh, Public Accounts Committee. I said PAC, and it's is it PAC Public Accounts? It is PAC. Yeah. 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 I think. I think. Uh, yes. Uh, so hopefully we'll find out more about them because uh, since then she was quite prominent in the first stages of COVID. Uh, but that's because the public health directorate was on holiday. Uh, but she was she was calling for <laughs> she was calling for the borders to be shut earlier. But you know uh, they've always said the politicians we're going to be the other man politicians. This is we're going to be taking in the advice from public health. Uh, we're going to be looking at sort of uh, social issues and economic. What else, what else could they say? They could hardly say we're going to be looking at advice from Joe Bloggs on the street. Yeah, but what I mean is, is like I think Alfred Cannon, you know, Howard was quite reluctant sometimes to be sort of looking at, at, at the medical uh, sort of stuff at times. Um, he wanted to be more sort of towards the economy kind of thing. Well, the, 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 the Irish did a very thing 
set up like the UK of SAGE, for example, and a different emergency like COBRA, which involves scrutiny. They have I mean, SAGE, no, scientific advisory, and that's been there since the, it's been there for a very, very long time. It's well established. And it doesn't just take government advice, i.e., that from the public health directorate or uh, the, the NHS trusts. It takes, uh, it takes advice from many academics across the UK as well. Uh, on yeah. public safety on, on science. And they have many leading academics of the UK as full part of the And I think the UK, the Ireland's now developed something like it, which is the uh, Komen's uh, Coronavirus Recovery Group or something. Yeah, um, the Medical Response Group or something. Yeah. Which, yeah. Is, which is good to see. Uh, but I, th- I think now we are we are reaching a point where we have to live with COVID and we keep on seeing new restrictions being looked at, new restrictions being brought into place. But ultimately, is this going to be every winter from now? And another variant is discovered as it will inevitably be in another part of the world. I think Theresa May was talking about it in the UK House of Commons not that long ago. Are we going to lock yeah. down every time there's a new variant? We're going to bring that mask every time there's a new variant because the variants keep on, can, they keep on being there. There will always be variants. Everything will keep on mutating. You see, we, can, we can't totally wipe this virus out. And if you're going to kind of keep on locking down every time, what, what really is, is, is the point of us? We must learn to live with this virus, and then you can progress. If you're ill, you're ill. You stay home, you get better, you go back to work. We don't need this mass lockdown system. Yeah, I mean... I'm going to read me some posts, which I'm a scholar, it seems. Yeah. Through a mask. A mask. But I suppose the Isle of Man, in its sort of COVID journey, has done tremendous sort of gone on tremendous journeys uh, with the way it, you know, it locked down. Tremendous journeys with how many dead on the word, how many lockdowns? Uh, I think we are currently, <laughs> I think we currently, uh, there's been currently 64 deaths or something like that. I mean, that it, it is devastating, you know, um, it's horrific, but for the, the way that the Alaman did deal with it for the most part, uh, with the way that they managed to eradicate it for that period of time. Like, if you look back at that now and someone said, we're going to have this virus eradicated mm. to, you know, to as much as we know, uh, from this time to this time, you look back at it beforehand, you would have gone, don't think that's going to happen. You look back at it now, you're like, well, that was crazy because... Um, I suppose we're going through, we're going into our winter wave now, I would say. Uh, it appears to be mm. going up and up and up, uh, especially... I wouldn't, call it, I wouldn't call it crazy looking back, though. Because if you look at the time, what we had was essentially we cut ourselves off from the world. We said, if you're coming to the island, you need a 14-day mandatory quarantine. That was mandatory. We cut ourselves yes. completely off from the world. And that applied to everyone coming in. So, of course, if you quarantine everyone coming in, you've no access to the community. We're not going to have that problem. But the, what they what they made the, the the mistake of, or or you could argue with the mistake of why we're not COVID free now, is they relaxed that. And that's why we see COVID in our community. Because for, for me, for example, I know well we don't have like going back and across from the UK. Uh, but also for me. They've already proven the whole reason we got into the second lockdown was because someone had tested positive beyond 14 days. When they've, yeah. And he had no exit day test. I could be positive 
next Tuesday, I, in my laptop clothes, I can go out into the world and I'm perfectly legal to do that. I can still be positive for coronavirus. And that, that sort of system here, we're almost saying the government's introducing restrictions and they're saying you must do this and this. And they look to introduce restrictions in your lives. They say we're trying to contain the virus here. Listen to us, we're trying to contain the virus. But in reality, what they're doing is putting a glorified <coughs> isolation process to pretend that they're doing their job, to pretend <coughs> that they're cutting down on COVID, but it doesn't actually do its job properly. So it's almost like a weird point with that. They're going to let me out when I'm positive on day 10. Why not let me out on day 9? Why not let me out on day 11? There's no, there's no difference here. Where do well, the problem is, is, so, you know, at the time when we had a lot of restrictions in place we were constantly debating these sort of issues should we be extending to you know should we keep it at 14 should we reduce it the the types of testing was constantly being addressed now we don't see that really much at all we're kind of sticking with what we have and um the amount of tests that that get done um are not an awful lot. I mean, I think we're mm. currently might be at our for how many tests we're doing at like our highest positivity rate. I think it's like well, 40, I went to the test centre. I went to the centre the other day, and it's literally not that many cars. I went to the yeah. I was about two or three cars. Yeah, they're doing before, it. But before I went, and there was a queue of about twenty cars. I had to wait for half an hour. I had to wait for five minutes this time. It's nice because I don't have to wait so long, but I don't yeah. have many tests being done. I've driven past many times when it's been out of lunch break hours and it's been like one car there. It is very interesting. Uh, I, I, there's a, a local chap who's, I think his name is Steve Burrows or something, and he does uh, breakdown uh most most days or pretty much every day are on the covid stats he does a little breakdown what's the positivity rate or all this and now we have the uh public health surveillance report weekly report on covid now and it's got all graphs and a lot of stuff uh, in it and obviously the Isle of Man, which we didn't talk about has uh, got a, a winter framework now did we didn't discuss that a few weeks ago did or did we mm. oh well the Isle of Man's winter framework it looks very similar to the UK, I think, in a way, but it seems a bit pointless. Yeah. Because what they've said is there's tier one, where we are currently. there's tier two, where we're literally just going to say, actually, we're going to strongly recommend rather than just recommend, or strongly advise rather than just advise. They've put one strongly in, there's nothing really there. And then we've got stage three, where they might introduce mandatory uh, items, but they don't mention. But they don't set because they don't know which mandatory items they want to use. So it doesn't really show anything. They're just it's saying we'll introduce some legal measures. They, they, it's, not, yeah. it's just common it, sense. It literally is sort of what's already been. It's literally sort of what we would knew would happen anyway if, if mm. things were go, if things were going horribly wrong. Except uh, under the Quail administration. There was no real plans or anything apart from getting out of lockdowns. Mm. There were no steps. There was no steps for going into lockdown. There were only steps for coming out of it because, like I say, Howard wanted to take a, a, an approach to everything and weighing up uh, the situations. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it was more of a react, being reactive rather than sort of, uh, proactive sometimes and mm. sometimes being a bit too late to things is probably why we went into that third lockdown um but yeah i suppose we were always t 
told coming out of that third lockdown, we won't be going into another one because we've got... Um, we think we will got, be. Well, unless the health service is, you know, really under pressure and, you know, going to be sort of cr- at crumbling points, then I don't think we will be. Because look in the summer, we got up to 2,000-something cases with no restrictions, um, and there wasn't that many hospitalizations. So the only problem is, is you do get a lot of hospitalizations at this time of year, um, non-COVID related. That's so the problem. If, if yeah, there's people who are non-COVID related, they get their, their immune system's already weakened because they have a similar virus or a similar disease, much flu, and their lungs are already weakened. They might, it, this, this time of year is awful, but illnesses, that's why it spikes up at this time of year. So we could be seeing pressure on the health service. We see the, the health minister here talking about the boost jobs. I mean, we've not had such a large update as we would have liked to see. So I think it's I, I think it, it, it's likely if things can see the way they are, that our government will want to force them into a lockdown arbitrarily, which is, I think, ridiculous. Well, um, we also see these lockdowns cost the government a lot of money. Um, you know, exactly. amount. they cost about, well, if you do about a, a month long one, it's something about over 12 million, uh, usually. Well, the minister's child wants a month off school, we know how much it costs the government. They like to get road to pay for the house, so why not, why not let their kids have a month off? Yeah. Oh. I wonder what he's up to now. <laughs> yes, if you didn't know which minister we were referring to, um, it, it, it's the first thing begins with cheers, last and B. We'll say no more about it. Uh, but yeah, have you had any experience with COVID, Oliver? What, what qualifies you to talk on the subject? Well, I'm not medically qualified to speak on this subject at all. Uh, have you I had COVID then? Uh, no. Oh, I'm sorry, Oliver. We now no longer can listen to you because you've you've had a degree of Facebook here, not 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 the degree of a life experience. As I can now claim, it's excellent. I can say I I can talk about COVID. I can have authority because I have had COVID. Uh, but yeah, COVID. I lived in a I, I lived in a household where someone had COVID, and I managed to somehow escape it. Uh, so, but yes, I I'm, I'm not. You know, we are only giving our opinions on. Uh, on our political beliefs on COVID, we're not commenting medically because we are neither qualified to do so. Um, Did not hear I have my uh, my medical degree from the University of I don't know where. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm afraid. Oh, but uh, yes. What were we talking about before? Before. Well, look. I, I, the thing is, if you look at oh. COVID, uh, if you look at COVID, I, for example. The majority of the population when hit with COVID don't face serious health deficits. You may get, I, I, like I've had, I've had a lots of sense of taste and smell, a god awful headache, and now coughing. But again, again it's, 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 it's much like the flu in any regards, apart from um, you. I, I've had worse illnesses in childhood. But it's not the same for everyone. But for example, I've, I start taste and smell. That, that's, most, that's really, really odd. Um, I don't know when that comes back. I think that's the most odd thing about COVID is it has some distinct symptoms and characteristics. 
But I don't think, if we're looking at it, that, for example, the current system is working because the current system, as I've said before, we can go out and day 10. I don't think a system necessarily of saying that I say at all will work. I don't think anyone's really put a system in place that works. The country I think I can think of, which comes to mind, which seems to have done an extraordinarily good job with COVID, is Hong Kong. They yeah. have no COVID in the community. If one case pops up, they clamp, they, 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 they go all in on it. And it's a, it's a population of many, many more than the Isle of Man. And yeah, they have I mean, had zero deaths since the start of the pandemic because they've had extremely tight border security. They've said anyone coming in must isolate two weeks, 21 day, for two weeks and 21 days. Apply it to uh, everyone. Why can't we do that here? And then we can do life as normal. I mean, an interesting thing to be there would to be to compare the two countries. And probably on average, the Isle of Man probably just have a higher age rate, you know, higher uh, amount of older people uh, living there. I'd, I'd have to Google that. Uh, I'll have to, I will Google that. Uh, well, it's also, uh, Hong Kong has had some deaths in COVID, but it's not had uh, deaths for quite some time at all. But yeah, it, 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 it's, rather, it's rather good at stopping COVID infections. I think it's done, it's done a rather good job. Um, mm. uh, yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that as well with uh, New Zealand. They had a, they dealt with COVID in quite a, 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 a good way. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I, th I think it is really looking at border border control. In the Isle of Man, well, we're, we didn't really see a giant um, influx of tourists, I don't think, in the summer. We, we've had a failing tourist few years because of COVID. And we look at the TT, but again, you can look at opening up restrictions at certain times of the year and putting them back on in others. Uh, but that's, again, if we want to treat COVID seriously. I think it's either you go whole hog or don't do it at all. We, 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 we can't really do midway because midway doesn't do anything so it's it's, it's pretty, pretty important i think it is quite like an on-and-off switch rather than a slidey switch if that makes any sense it's like a dimmer on my life really. so i can't quite make a pig analogy here i am i am attempting but failing miserably i mean it's, i'm just looking here on a on like a a world uh sort of update thing of COVID and it's interesting to look at the, the graphs and see the daily sort of statistics uh, since COVID began and you can quite see quite clearly see where there's been clear uh, patterns of waves of, uh, of cases or deaths and how when COVID started it, you know cases were, were really fairly low uh, it's only sort of this this sort of year that We've seen the large, first large amount of cases and large uh, amount of deaths because of the opening up kind of thing. It is, it's, it's interesting, and I suppose one would say now that uh, I haven't had COVID, I'm probably starting to become a minority. Most people I speak to say, "If you had COVID," they go, "Yeah, I've had COVID," and it's sort of it's that thing, you know, is it? You know this idea of a uh, sort of herd immunity and everyone getting it. Um, it you know, 
what what's your thoughts on that? You know, I I feel as though at some point I, I sort of need to get it now. You know, to well, you'll be ba- you people are bound to get it any, anyway. We have reached that level again of vaccination, which is why I say COVID's gone too far because. We're all vaccinated. Most of us are vaccinated against the virus. And those who haven't, well, herd immunity exists. Um, I would say my me getting COVID has probably provided me with more levels of uh, immunity than having the, the, the vaccine in some ways. And natural immunity is an excellent thing. Uh, I'm well, <coughs> going to die in a minute. Oh, goodness. Well, I suppose the best thing for you now is over the next few months or for however long your sort of immunity lasts for, it could be uh, forever, um, you don't have to really worry about catching COVID. Uh, no, I don't, yes. Um, it's better getting it now than getting it later. But, you know, I think we, we have to learn to live with it. I've learned to live with it. I'm not taking any special precautions. I get it. I isolate. I'm generally, we, we just we just go and deal with it. It's a, it's it's like the flu. I think now. I think I compare it to mm. the flu. A, many people, unfortunately, yeah. So does COVID. I have an interesting story. Uh, really, it's just a personal sort of thing. Throughout the sort of COVID entirety, I've not really worn a mask. Only if it's been mandated. Um, which it never really has. I wore one for periods of time when I was uh, at work through the pandemic because I was working with uh, other people. I was uh, in an environment where I couldn't really help uh, but getting close to people. So the best thing for me to do was to wear a mask and I completely respected that. And if someone asked me to, if I, apart from if I was in a public place, if I was going into a uh, building or was going to have an appointment somewhere or something like that, um, for example, like at the dentist, um, I'm more than happy to, to put on a mask. But, you know, if I don't need to, I won't. Um, because at the current time, if I do regular lateral flows or feel fine, um, then I don't have COVID. So there's not much need for me to wear one. I'm going on a bit, but I have a little bit. I do have a story that's connected to this. Um, but, but people... Um, People also have this idea that that uh, COVID they won't they can't they won't catch COVID if they wear a mask. The whole point of wearing a mask is is that it stops you it lessens mm. the chance of transmitting it. Um, but when I've been on public transport recently, and this has been people wearing a mask, uh, which I don't blame them for, uh, really. But it's getting to that time of year where it's really not the best thing to have windows open when the temperature is of four degrees on a bus so the other day it was pretty baltic and there were people a couple of people on the bus wearing masks anyway there was a window open and unless it's you know i didn't know maybe it's because someone was too hot but if they're wearing a coat then take your coat off um but someone had a window open anyway i was absolutely baltic and i thought i'd like i'm putting it hypothermia because i've been waiting outside for a bus for about 15 minutes so I shut the window and nothing really happened. Uh, you know, I wasn't sat close to anyone. You know, the bus was not at full capacity, I don't think. Um, it might have been further down the bus. Wait, wait, can I just guess the ending here? I'm going to guess Oliver gave COVID to a thousand people. Is that the ending? <laughs> no, oh, no, you're not. No. But um, basically, 
some one of the people that was wearing a mask, I think, either got on the bus or came further down the bus. Anyway, they um, they opened the window when I'd literally just closed one. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I closed one on the other side. They moved position and opened the window. Oh, anyway, you're supposed to be having ventilation on buses. Crikey. Oh, maybe that's why I should introduce them. We're driving to our uh, podcasting sessions. I should put all the windows down. Just for all of us, so. Yes. Well, anyway, at the end of the day, they were wearing a they were wearing a mask. So, if it was to do with them not wanting to give someone the virus, I'm not quite sure. Anyway, someone sat next to me, sort of looking at me, and they were freezing as well. It was it was honestly it was Baltic. Uh, I hate uh, I hate when people wear the windows unless it's something. Yes. Anyway, so they closed it, and then nothing happened. And I thought it would be a bit of a, and I was happy to have a a conversation, a debate with the person and to say, well, it's, it's freezing cold. And well, if you don't want to, if, you if you're scared of getting COVID or giving COVID, then don't come on public transport. At the end of the day, we're living in a time where we're learning to live with it. Mm. And it's not mandated that buses have uh, windows open to be ventilated. And uh, if it's because you're, if it's nothing related to COVID and you're too hot, then take off your um, coat or, or your jumper or whatever. Oh no! I I differ with you. I say don't don't mandate masks on public transport, but have the windows open. If you're too cold, put on a coat. There we are. I say put on a coat if you're cold because ventilation. You've got to be devil's advocate there, haven't you? Vent- ventilation has been proven to reduce the risk of catching COVID. But that person is generally scared of catching COVID. Opening the window is better than wearing a mask. So I applaud them. But you know what? It's you- generally better. You, so, you do make you do make a fair point there, Archie. But, uh, even though even though you're freezing, I think that's that's fair to make you suffer for that other person. You know, but again, I think that, that, that that's that's learning to live with COVID. We don't mandate things; we leave it to personal decision. And we, we, yeah, that, so I mean, it was a personal decision. It was one person on the bus wanting to have the window open. Yeah. The majority of people not bothered uh, and wanted to be closed because they were freezing cold. So I say how Democracy on buses. Democracy on buses. Although, as Plato said, for the most part, for the most part, that is, mm. and I get public transport five days of the week, at least twice. Um, so I'm very anti-environmentalist here. I haven't got, I haven't got the public transport in months, I don't think. It was when we went it was the time that we went up to to be going to Manx Radio that day. That was all. Oh, there, there was that one that time. Was the, yeah, super, yeah, that was the Super Manx. Uh, August I think that, that, that's the last time I went to the bus. Yeah, yeah it's not too yeah. long. Well, it is a couple of months. Crikey, that's gone quick. About uh, about three months, not Oliver. Yeah, and before that, that I had taken a bus for another six months. <laughs> so oh, well, maybe. Maybe in your in your in your future university days. But that's out of protest. That's out of protest because bus costs too much. It does. It costs less for me to drive than it does to catch bus. That's another realm of discussion. I think it moves on quite nicely onto this week's uh, current affairs. Um, so let me let let, 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 let let's have a look at our current affairs of this week Oliver what do you what do you have for us well I'm just currently looking at this and uh, I, I have got a few lined up to uh, to look at I don't know where this news music has come from like, it's just one in my archives somewhere 
which I entitled News. Righty ho, I can't actually hear it, so. You can't? Can you hear it now? No, I still can't hear it. So we just it, it made you sit in silence, everyone. Uh, oh, there we are. Click share sound. There we are. Ah, ah. There we go. Well, the Manchester Magic. government are working on further response to the Omicron threat. Um, the DOI has been tackling storm damage after severe gales. The new animal welfare bill must be a primor- priority, says Minister. As well as that, PCR tests for 21 people who arrive on Ireland from South Africa. 17 people have been arrested in a week-long Operation Red Cap. And an MHK queries impact of £7,000 climate change advertising. There's been three new commissioners elected for North Ramsey. As well as this, TT course preparations will be done on time. That's the Alabama news for this week. Very well timed. Well, you can see the uh, thing on my screen. Going it does help, Archie. It does, uh, it does really help, help, yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I, I must say, I had to pull out the animal welfare bill there for a second. We already have an animal welfare bill. I don't see why it needs to put as a priority for government. When we're currently dealing with things like the recovery from coronavirus pandemic, we're looking at things like our climate plan, we're looking at things like affordable housing, there can only be so many priorities for government. I think that that that, that isn't a priority for the Department of of, of the Zephyr, which should be dealing with it. Well, um, Claire Barber argues um, that the reason why we must uh, look at the the, the uh, welfare bill and make it a priority is um, that stronger sentences are needed for people on the island who are uh, guilty for mistreating of animals. Obviously, um, mistreat obviously mistreating animals is an awful is an awful thing. But if we're looking at it and we look on the giant scale, we look at the overarching scale of things. We look at the issue of climate change, which I say is a higher priority because if we don't have a climate to live in. What's the point? What, what, what's the point for animal welfare bill? Because there might be animals who are animals. Well, at the end of the day, Archie, this, this could have been addressed earlier on in uh, the oh, yes. last administration, but it, the, the bill was not clearly fit for purpose. Uh, and that's because the totally awful last minister. Just Wonderful, sorry. I, I rather like Jeffrey now, actually. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, you're you're a good old conservative chum. No, he's, he's a nice he's a nice bloke. Uh, I, he oh, I, I don't like, disagree with that, but uh, he's a bit slow acting on climate change. That's the only thing I disagree with him. There you go. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, uh, not, I don't not disagree that he's a a, a great uh, <laughs> But, you know, with regards to, uh, you know, like you say, with climate change and uh, all <coughs> failings uh, under his department, uh, yeah, Archie's really... <coughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I thought I muted that. I died from COVID. Um, yeah, I'm copying my lungs out today. Uh, but, it, yes, it, it is... It is I, I just question the word priority there. That's all I'm all I'm clearing. It's yeah. sometimes red in the slot. Uh but yeah. It's 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 interesting. 
Uh, so, but I don't see how that can't be easily amended with the short bill saying, like, even she says it doesn't need to reinvent the wheel. I don't know why it needs to be put as a priority. That's all I'm questioning. But what, what else was on our list, Oliver? Well, we have a newspaper uh, campaign or advertising campaign which has cost Ooh. the government £7,000, which is encouraging people to uh, think about tackling climate change. The Together for Our Planet wraparound that Courier was published to coincide with COP26 mm. and directed people to the government's uh, climate change website. It was delivered to around 40,000 homes and uh, it's been questioned about how successful it's been. Well, Archie has a, a remark that he always makes about when people see government uh, logos, they just can't bear to look at it. And, I, and they run a mile. Mm-hmm. And they run a, they run a mile. I if they can. I'm not sure how many of those 40,000 people can run a mile. If they can run a mile, I say they should run a mile and get good, healthy exercise, which will lead us out of this pandemic. That's what Boris would say. So we, we should At the end of the day, think, most no, no, no. What would Jesus say? What would Boris say? That's the most important thing. There you go. But like most people would say, uh, people look at the courier and uh, they just. Either it's good you, Catholic. It's a good Catholic prayer, apparently. You're starting a, a fire on your wood burning stove. Yes, yes. Or if worse comes to worse and you've run out of toilet paper, uh, <laughs> I hear that's I hear that's another good alternative. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, uh, but the curry is usually known as the uh, sort of useless paper of the weekend uh, that's provided by the Alamans. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't get it delivered personally myself, but I think it was a waste of money. We, uh, with newspaper advertising isn't as effective as Facebook advertising. We've got many more unique hits on Facebook, and it's uh, easier to click a link on Facebook. On Facebook, we can just click the link, and we're there at their website. We can see how many impressions their post gets. Well, if they found 7,000 in Facebook advertising, strategically targeting the Isle of Man, they would reach more than 40,000 people, and they would see, they'll get the analytics from it, they would encourage you to click it and people will be more likely to click it. Well, with our youth folk, you know, Archie, we got yes, yes. at least more views the, with our youth folks website than they had. And that was not with £7,000 worth of no. We got more views than that. that whole so we'd finally like to thank uh, Microgaming Play It Forward yes, uh, for their sponsorship because uh, uh, you've been rather successful compared to the Alamo government. Uh, <laughs> but that just proves how much more useful Facebook advertising is. And for those people who don't have Facebook, maybe say, well, Isle of Man newspapers, well, we just we put an ad in or we put an ad on a billboard here or we send a leaflet to all the homes or something. Not even a leaflet, we use the government's tech system to text all the homes. But people, yeah. Uh, and the people, and people who don't get a newspaper already and aren't in contact, then they're not going to be wanting to go on the internet. So those who don't have Facebook, they're not going to really want to go on a website anyway. They're that type of offline generation. So what really does this help? It doesn't help people. Yeah, definitely. Uh, waste of money. Um, you could have done it with a quarter of that amount of money, probably. Uh, thousand pounds would have gotten them easily as far, and we've got them more results on Facebook. So this is this is the joys of Facebook controlling every aspect of our lives. We can rely on it for cheap, effective marketing. Anywho, we saw an election uh, on this Thursday uh, up in Ramsey on their North Ward for a. Uh, role of commissioners. Obviously, there was the Isle of Man uh, local authority elections in July, uh, but since then, they had a, 
I don't think they had enough people to actually stand or something in in July, so they couldn't allow it to go ahead. I can't. I can't actually. I don't know the reason for this. But anyway, there was an election and. Um, Three people were elected. One of them was Luke Parker, who they remember stood for the keys for Ramsey, um, and he was unsuccessful. Then Lamara Clay, sorry, Lamara Cray, who's the deputy leader of the Ireland Green Party, she was also elected. Uh, another Green Party elected to uh, at local authority level. We're seeing that uh, quite regularly now. Unfortunately, they cannot get in at a national level, which is really interesting. Which is, um, the, which is the level which counts, because I think we, we see Isle of Man politics. We're effectively the size of a medium council in the UK. Effectively, I don't. I think we, we we see a lot. We have a lot of small level business bureaucracy, and so much level red tape at the small level, which I don't think is simply needed. We can already have MHK, which represents we have two for each constituency, and in each constituency, there's about three. If it is Arbroath there's three separate local authority boards. And those three local authority boards have to have a clerk, they have to have their own commissioners, and they have to have even more bureaucracy. I think that this, this level of bureaucracy here isn't necessary. In that one constituency, you may have one, one commissioner area. We don't need so many commissioners for the amount we have. I think local politics, whilst yes, it does play its role, we already have local politics almost on a national level. I don't think there's such a necessity. We see other Caribbean islands, for example, they just have their national assembly and it does the job. Anyway, with this election, there was 841 voters uh, took part in the ballot, which means there was a turnout of 23.23%. So that's <laughs> rather, <laughs> that's <laughs> rather <laughs> large. That's but that, rather that, large. That, that, that just proves the point. Uh, we see people aren't necessarily engaged with the liberal politics. So we need to have so many elected members. We see three elected members, one more. How, I don't know how many sit on the whole body itself. But we need I'm to not entirely ideas. sure why. I'm not entirely sure why. Uh... We need to streamline our politics, I think. Sorry? We need to streamline our politics. But maybe a town, yes, you have one board, and you can have three or four members on, five, five members on, say, <laughs> and one of them is the mayor. But if yeah, we, we have four maybe towns, that, that does it, really. And our parish council, we could do it where it's totally unpaid. We don't pay them. They, they, they can claim expenses for setting up some community. I think the councils themselves would be unpaid, but the bureaucrats, they, they may be so, an administration Otherwise, so um, what would that mean? Like your travel to the, to the meetings? Well, or? I know you, get, you get money for timing up. You get renewances uh, uh, or whatever they call But I, I, I think the point is we have so many boards for such a small area of balance. It's nice to have a parish council that looks after your parish, but they can meet in the church and have their meeting, decide a few things and look at the parish fest, really, or fate. That's literally what they do. Yep, because a lot of it just runs smoothly without them, doesn't it? You know. Well, it, 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 it's great, I'd say, for getting involvement in the local community, but I don't think it necessarily needs a formalised body. Or if it's a formalised body, it doesn't need to be under government. It doesn't need to have so many elections. It's a lot of red tape where it's simply not needed. I mean, to streamline our red tape, the local authorities themselves, if they merge, as we saw Arbery and Russian did, I think that's very it's excellent. But why do then we need ports and mayor commissioners? And then we need uh, we, we need Corsairing commissioners, which are separate bodies. We look we look at this and we can streamline it into larger bodies, which are administrative. They're administrative. And then you have parish councils like you have in the UK, which are very, very, very small and involve a few key members of the of the area. 
definitely. Uh, I fed up with red tape as well. Um, yeah. Because red is a sign of communism. And communism isn't good, so we shouldn't have any red tape. We should turn it to beautiful blue tape. That's what I'm saying. Very good. I'm not sure there was any many other points to take up on, uh, unless you had anything, Archie. Well, we see some lovely stormy weather at the moment. Uh, I know yeah. because I, I, I have to use the outside steps when I go downstairs to get the point now. Uh, because I have COVID, I can see I calculate uh, I'll try and calculate see what times I mentioned COVID in the afternoon. If I have to walk down the steps outside, I'm really robustly at the moment. So, yes, we see in the UK some people have actually been, a third person has died, which is awful from the storms. Trees seem to have crushed cars, basically. Uh, yeah, which isn't awful. Cool. Well, we saw uh, over here as well, it was uh, local MHK. His, his car was uh, hit last night uh, by a. Uh, well, his wife's car, car, I think. Sorry? His wife's car. Yes, but he was in it. Oh, he's in it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know he was in the car. Oh, oh yeah, we've, we've, the, the weather's been awful across the UK at the moment. Um, it might be a sign of climate change, which should be the priority, not animal. Not that elven welfare isn't, isn't important, but climate change should be the priority. Uh, I wonder why. Uh, we see storms of up to 98 miles an hour gusts in the UK, and that is showing why we need to act on the issue of climate change. Um, but yeah, we see the travel and mask rules have been tightened over the barriers. We've been banging on about this episode. Again, I think we are, it's the new flu, effectively. People die many uh, from the flu, and it's awful. They die. They get, people, everyone gets, people get sick, they get off work, they go back into work. The same happens with COVID. We need to learn to live with it. We're just going to lock down every time there's a new virus. There is, I'm not sure what you're on this. I think it's, we risk. Remaining in a perpetual state of restrictions after restrictions after restrictions. It's a new Brexit. It is. It is. I mean, what, what's next? What's going to happen next, Archie? Oh, who knows? I think we'll be taken over by a pepper pig at any rate. But but saying on, on, on that, on that, that, that note, I think you can actually probably play Boris Johnson's uh, wonderful rambling of speech. Uh, we can play some clips from it. Uh, so do do, 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 do bear with whilst I go and find, uh, find, find, find a good, good copy of it. Uh, how did you watch the Peppa Pig speech? I did watch parts of it. Uh... Yes. Ah, very interesting to hear that. Um, well, it's not very interesting. It's awful. Um, but um, one of our local MHK, or your local MHK, uh, said after his wife tested positive on Sunday, he's been taking uh, daily LFTs. The one this morning was positive, so he booked uh, a PCR at the grandstand, and it was and the PCR was positive. Yeah, uh, is the deal could have worked. So I think my my, my I, I I exited my end. I assume it's That's all right. did it stay recording for you or did it end recording? It just said uh, recording stopped. Recording resumed. That's fine. So we have the two recordings. I'll stitch them together. So if you just carry on from the start of that, I'll stitch it. So uh, he says after my wife uh, 
tested positive on Sunday. I've taken daily LFTs. The one this morning was positive, and I booked a PCR at uh, the grandstand. That's the Alabama's local testing facility. The outcome of that was positive. Here's the deal. I work from home this week out of respect to my colleagues. I have only briefly visited some shops in the past week wearing a mask every time. I could have worked as normal and visited shops not wearing a mask under current regulations and, and pr- potentially spread COVID-19 wider. I don't think this is right. Cases are rising and we have a new variant of concern in the UK. Hopefully we will hear the bank's position from COVID soon. Hands face space. What does he? I, I, I wonder what he expects us to do. Does he expect us? To, does, does he expect us to permanently remain inside? Well, I think he, I think he expects mitigations and, pre- and prevention is is what is what he's looking at. Rather than but, I think I think your main issue is with it, Archie. Is you? Yeah, he hasn't. Want... Pro- he hasn't. Pro- he hasn't provided what those mitigations are. That's why I also take issue with. Yes, I know. But anyway, uh, if we go to Boris's Boris's speech, I think it should be <coughs> rather interesting. We we've we just had a yeah street. Uh, with great local schools, uh, with fantastic Should appear in a uh, minute, broadband. Uh, he, this is where he loses his notes. Uh, forgive me. <laughs> Goes on for a while. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. People will have the confidence to stay nearer the place they grew up, to start business. And Tony, yesterday I went, uh, as as we all must, uh, 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 to to Peppa Pig World. I don't know if you've been to Peppa Pig World. Who's been to Pans? I've been to who's been to Peppa Pig World. Not enough. I was well. It's, it's I was a bit hazy what I would find at Peppa Pig World, uh, but I loved it. And Peppa Pig World is is very much my kind of place. Uh, it, 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 it has uh, yes, laughs. a uh, very safe streets. Uh, was it in the right way though? Discipline in schools. <laughs> uh, heavy emphasis. On mass transit systems, I, I notice, uh, even if they're a bit stereotypical about about Daddy Pig. Uh, but the real lesson for me, going to Peppa Pig World, I'm surprised you haven't been there, uh, was about the power of UK creativity. No, that's about the most funny part. But yes, it was it was quite an interesting speech by Boris. Uh, what just come in? I've just seen a statement uh, from the Alabama government, uh, which Ooh. is continuing to review COVID-19 position following uh, the UK announcement. And in response, there's been a, uh, a statement from the Alamance Chief Minister, Alfred Buchanan, uh, which has said, we have always said that we are we stand ready to act should a new variant of concern emerge. There is much still unknown about this new variant, but there are concerns on its transmissibility and the additional mutations which may have an impact on the vaccine effectiveness. The changes in rec- it basically repeats. Uh, the, oh, so there could be changes tomorrow. Yay! Well, it um, says it says I have therefore asked the National COVID Response Group to meet on Sunday morning and consider the position before recommending any changes to Council of Ministers who will also meet tomorrow. The overall message, however, remains that the vaccination is important and boosters are extremely important 
and the UK have said it will be looking to accelerate its programme. We too have been looking at all these aspects. The changes will be announced. The changes announced in the UK are precautionary and hope to honour, hoped to be temporary in nature. A further update will be provided tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Oliver has continued to bring COVID in every semester that we have. Definitely, definitely not me this week. No, no, no. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 been it's rather interesting. Uh, we we see our responses again there. COVID has become the new Brexit in terms of it hits the headlines day in day out, and it doesn't have a day of rest. Maybe one day it will just go overnight. Overnight, yes, that's how it works. We just see COVID disappear totally. Uh, but yes, we 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 may. Well, yeah, we, we, we may see some worrying changes in our lives, which would be a shame because things are starting to just go back to normal, which is quite nice. Yes, well, we'll, we'll see what, uh, what COVID and what uh, COVID response, National COVID Response Group have to say, uh, but I'm sure there will be some sort of uh, measures coming into place, uh, I imagine. Well, I think that does wrap up this week's... Uh, this week's Predator Battle, I think. Uh, we'll, we'll be back at, back with it with some actual content probably, hopefully, next week. Uh, and probably, hopefully, talk about China, if that does get on. Uh, we'll be spied on by uh, Xi Jinping. But in the meantime, um, that's it for us. Uh, Politibabble. Take care. You've been Politibabble. Well, there's another minute throughout, but yeah.